0: Welcome, everybody, to the Kudzu Radio Hour. That's right, baby. The Kudzu Radio Hour is the one and only with Buffalo and Billy. The continuing homebound edition, seemingly never-ending homebound edition. But one day, all this will be a memory, provided we all continue to obey the rules. And I'm not going to preach, because, you you know, you hear it all the time. You just need to do it. I mean, I've been out and about here in Spartanburg, and I see 90% of the people are not wearing masks in public. They act as though the pandemic is over, and it's not. It's not. It's not. Wear your mask, do the social distancing, and it'll cut down on the chances of the virus spreading and may help to actually eradicate said virus a whole lot sooner. Because God knows we want it to go away, right? So let's all band together. Let's all band together. And that's everybody. Red and yellow, black and white, all of us. Gay and straight, I don't care. Everybody's equal on this. It's like Fireside Theater said, we're all bozos on this bus. (laughs) We are. We're all bozos on this bus. We're all in this together. Everybody. So let's support each other and let's not kill one another with a virus, okay? End of sermon for now. The Kazoo Radio Hour, I think we got a good one for you today. Brought to you by the fine folks at Springer Mountain Farms. Fresh organic chicken responsibly raised on family farms. With no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts ever. Get more information or order online at springermountain.com. That's springermtn.com. Not only is Springer Mountain chicken healthy for you, it also tastes mm -mm great. And I promise you, i got a freezer full of Springer Mountain frozen um, boneless skinless chicken breasts. Pull one of those things out, put it on the foreman grill. Remember the foreman grill? I still use mine. Put it on the foreman grill, have some asparagus. Man, yeah, it's healthy. And I got to tell you, uh, after all I've gone through, I've got to try and be healthy as I possibly can, you know. And I think we all need to, right? Springer Mountain Farms, wonderful people, wonderful chicken. Got to love it. Got to love it all right yeah so today we're gonna go back to the 80s i'm sorry i apologize in advance (laughs) yes we're going back into the 80s um and talk about the early days of mtv music television back when the network was all about the music remember that 24 hours a day of rock videos good old days man it's the good old days we're going to talk about it. We'll be right back with Billy Eli right after we spin this platter. I think you're going to recognize it. Sort of the unofficial theme song of MTV. Dire Straits with Mark Knopfler, my, one of my heroes, Mark Knopfler, and also featuring Sting. This is called Money for Nothing and it Chicks for Free. We'll be right back after this song with Billy course was mark knopfler dire straits featuring sting and uh no the song is not called i want my mtv it's called money for nothing and the chicks are free and that's going to set us up to talk about today's uh theme which is the early years of music tv back when it was actually good there was a time when it was actually good i <laughs> want to welcome my music? partner in crime All the way from parts unknown, weighing in at, I don't know what, the world heavyweight champion of the world, of the (laughs) world. No, he's not, I made that up. Billy Eli, hello, Billy Eli.
1: Hey, Buff, how you doing?
0: Good, and we're happy to welcome back to the program for the second week in a row. Boy, are we lucky or what? We've got a couple of wacky guys. (laughs) (laughs) Jim Hill. And hey, Patrick man. Beach, Jim Hiphill being a, a record work. producer, a multi-instrumentalist, and double knot spy. And uh, we've side, got yes, Patrick sir. Beach, yes, who is a music critic and part-time tap dancer. Um, so happy right. to have these guys. Guys, thanks for joining us on our little old soon-to-be-global podcast.
2: Afternoon, gentlemen, and Billy. Boo. Boo. Right Burn out of the gate. <laughs> right out of the
0: gate. Burned right out of the gate. That's the way that's the way I like it. Gives you money for nothing and you burns for free. Uh, we're gonna start something today today, a little thing for folks that are all I was trying to think of things that we might could do that might create a little bit of uh, positivity in this old mad world. Mad, mad, mad world, yes. and I thought, okay, what do I, what do I do? I, besides writing, I read a lot of books, I listen to a lot of music, and I like to watch movies. Duh, oh okay, yeah, so I'm gonna ask. All of us are going to recommend a book for you of some kind, oh, and we're going to recommend to be a movie. Ought to be good. Exactly right, <laughs> especially Billy's, a movie and a uh, album. So I, being the egotistical bastard that I am, will start out. Good, because
1: I, ha- I haven't picked anything yet. So yeah, I'm, you'll pick uh, based, based I'm hoping on... I'm I get to go. I hope to, I hope to go to school on your choices. Yeah, there <laughs> go you go. Ahead, man. My
0: book recommendation actually, I mentioned it last week, but I'm going to mention it again. It's because of Jim Hemphill. I am halfway through reading... Don McLeese's book, Dwight Yoakam, A Thousand Miles from Nowhere, which I actually made a typo in my notes, and it says a thousand moles from nowhere, which is a whole different story, I believe. I, I dated her. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. starting to say. I remember that girl with that mole in the, uh, never mind. Yeah. It was sort of a, land, a landmark. Uh, right. So this book about Dwight Yoakam, this guy, Don McLeese, he knows what he's doing. It's very entertaining, and the fact that I've already, halfway through, learned more about Dwight. Yeah, I always liked him, but I didn't realize just how much. It's like one of these guys that, that was like a 20-year overnight success. <laughs> it's, everybody's like, oh, and Guitars Cadillacs came out. He was he's an overnight success. Yeah, after 13 years of busting his hump, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that Guitars and Kellax came out as an EP first. An independent EP. And then they went back, added three songs, and put it out as an album. So, learning all kinds of stuff about our man, Dwight. And I am going to tie it into the movie. Okay, I didn't intend to do this. But I rewatched a, a great movie the other night from 2002 called Panic Room. And Dwight plays yeah. a really 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 bad guy in it. Oh, Stars Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, always liked her. She's a she's a good egg, a little hard boiled, like but you. she's a good egg. She doesn't, she doesn't like you. you. What would you say? <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? They sneak that in. No, I said she doesn't like you. Oh yeah, I know. Well, she likes ladies. Um. I- I don't and know so do that's I. That's the same do. thing in common. I don't know if that's
1: got anything to do
0: with it. Well, it's just me. <laughs> it's, it's my head. Isn't it? Go ahead and say it. She doesn't Pat. like my bald head. But, no. Uh, <laughs> You're a wise-ass, man. I'll tell you. I like that. I like that. <laughs> You're imagine.
1: talking about beach? Yeah, that's why. I, I like imagine. that. Imagine.
0: <laughs> Dwight, uh, Dwight Yoakam uh, also stars Fitt- Forrest Whitaker, the actor who's has that eye that kind of goes, you know. Um... Uh, one eye goes in a different direction or something. Sort of like a Mar- African American Marty Feldman, but down it, down in Southeast Texas, we
1: call that having one eye that hunts possums at
3: night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, he, got that, he got that one eye that hunts possums at night. Yeah.
0: And also, one of the three bad guys that rob that come in after them uh, is Forrest Whitaker, Dwight Yoakam, and there's another guy, and I didn't know until the credits ran that it was Jerry Leto. And that was before he became a superstar with Dallas Buyers Club, and before he ever played the Joker in Suicide Squad. Jared Leto, the, it was a he was a meanie, he was another meanie. Uh, and one thing I had wanted to note about the movie was all through the movie I thought it was Jodie Foster and her son. Turns out it was not her son; it was her daughter. Wow. The haircut threw me, but it was uh. Kristen Stewart as a little tiny kid that would end up starring in all those twilight movies.
1: She ended up being a vampire.
0: Yeah. And speaking of being a vampire, she also played in a really (laughs) lame movie about the runaways where she played Joe jet. Right. Um, but it's a great thriller. Okay. That's it. That's it. The album, the album, the album, uh, where's my notes? Oh, here he is. Um, I mentioned it last week. Back when I spent time in Nebraska and recorded an album up there called Midwest Carolina Blues, there was a guy who played drums named Dave Rubble, and he was in a, I don't want to say punk, but a kind of a alternative band called Shithook, or as the DJs would say it, so they wouldn't be saying something nasty, they would call it Shithook which is not nearly as much fun. Uh, years later, 17 years after the album was out, they have re- reissued it on vinyl uh, at Sower Records. only place you can get it, S-O-W-E-R, SowerRecords.com. And uh, I highly recommend this thing. Uh, I'm going to play the title cut when a Boy Scout gets the blues at the end of the show as we go out. And you can judge for yourself. But every song on it is a rocker. All that being said, I'm going to shut my trap. Who's next?
2: Look Pat go. Uh, book? Sure. Uh music-related <laughs> book. Uh, David Burns book on how music works is so fantastic. Uh, I, I learned something on damn near every single page. Oh. I cannot recommend it. You may ask know. yourself, did I yes. read this book? <laughs> right. I mean, and <laughs> I said no. <laughs> <laughs> now you, you can't do that while you're reading it, or else
0: you'll lose your place.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oops Yeah.
2: Man. No, this—that's not gonna. This, this, this visual gag is not gonna work out on the. Oh, podcast. that's right. But everybody what, knows he,
0: what. He, everybody, when you mention David Byrne, they all right. do the. Uh, Right. That thing, that arm thing. I, yeah. I wasn't
1: doing it for the audience. I was doing it for. Bad. But he, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the way you it's, do it's, everything, isn't it? And that's the same way you do your music.
2: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but he, uh, it, it's not a memoir. It's not the story of Talking Heads necessarily. It's about, uh, so much more. It's about the the art form itself. And uh, things that never occurred to me, like the physical medium on recorded music, you know, you could only got a three-minute single, and then there were LPs and yada yada, and even hundreds of years before that, uh, the architecture of opera halls, opera houses and concert halls affected what instruments were invented to be played in them. And things like that, and it goes on and on into the digital age. It's just completely wow. fascinating. I,
1: I was, I'm completely unfamiliar that that was even a that th- this
2: book even existed. But
0: me too. Actually, I'm glad to hear. what that. you're
1: describing sounds pretty fascinating.
0: Yeah,
2: it really it, does. What's the title it's, again? It's, it's it's just called How Music Works. Wow. Jim, you wanna you wanna you wanna check me on that? Yeah, sure. I okay.
4: think that's what it's called, isn't it? That's have you read it, Jim? Book. Uh, no, I haven't yet. Um,
1: some of that stuff you were just talking about, uh, Pat, that you mentioned is in the book. Some of that stuff I knew, uh, the reason, the reason singles are three minutes long and, uh, the same and the same with the old LPs and, uh, and then when they were doing multi, uh, multi-track, High speed tape, what it was, uh, real taste, what Jim 15 minutes and something like that, yeah. And, and, and you, you, know. you could, yeah, and um, uh, so uh, some of that stuff I knew, I did not know that about the instruments and in the old, and the old uh, concert
2: venue. You you've you've, you've got to have a horn that will fill this enormous room, right? You know? Right,
1: yeah, well, and, and 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 depending on the architecture of the room, I mean, right. It's not just that it's got to fill a big room. It's got to fill a specific big room.
2: Precisely, which is why uh, a room like uh, the Paramount Theater in Austin sounds better than the Irwin Center because one was built for performances and one was built for basketball. Basketball, right, <laughs> yeah.
0: I wonder what we would attribute the fact to uh, that Red Rocks sounds so good. Uh it's like everything at the Red Rocks venue is just, I don't even think they need a PA. I got, just, a cop,
2: I, I got a cop to something. I've never been to Red Rocks. Oh,
4: okay. yeah, I, I haven't either. It's, time. And, uh, it's, it's on my list. I, you know, I've, I, I look at their calendar. The last three, four years in a row, I've been looking at their calendar to see if we—if there's something that would fit into in my schedule that I could see because I always wanted to go there, but that's on my list. That that's and
0: cool. then also, uh, you guys ever um, read about the Hollywood Bowl? Mm. That was another yeah. venue, and of course, that was uh, one place that Greg Allman played the uh, tour, the laid-back tour, and they were talking about how they kept had to keep turning the amps down <laughs> because it carried the music so strong and loudly that it's like you could hear, you could almost hear, uh, for lack of a better analogy, you could hear a pen drop, or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, when you were talking about burn in that book, it's so fascinating. I just got through writing Paul Hornsby's biography, and I, he talks a lot about he he taught me a lot last year about records and vinyl and why you know why the records are three minutes and the grooves and the more that they're compressed and blah 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 blah, which is why a single sounds better you know a lot of times than an album cut because it's got more room to breathe. On Ties the grooves. To the groove, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's all this stuff that I never thought about. I still don't mm-hmm. quite understand putting a needle into a groove. And I'd like to I'd like to learn even more about that. Um, you need
1: to tie off or out of both the elbow. Oh,
2: no. you said you said <laughs> groove. <laughs> I'm still I'm I'm still waiting for an explanation. I'm still waiting for an explanation about how helicopters fly. That should just not work at all. You know? Well
1: <laughs> it doesn't yeah. seem like it would. Wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true.
1: Okay, so that was your book, man. What uh, what album you got, Pat? Oh,
0: jeez. Yeah, one this right.
5: this one's Oh, to God, top. too hard to
0: pick.
2: <laughs> All right, a little story <laughs> he's, here. This put oh, on the okay. flaky cap, Do you <laughs> see oh. that? The answer is Let It Be by The Replacements. Oh, yeah,
0: a good one. There,
2: okay. uh. um, <clears throat> the college town where Jim and I spent some years... I spent a bunch two years uh, there was this, this guy, this guy named Paul Miller who uh, worked at a, a record store. First it was co-op records and then it was music works. And he was, he was, we grew up in high fidelity. This guy was like screaming his opinions at us. And, you know, if you didn't agree with Paulie's edicts about bands, you were just wrong and you were stupid and you were a worthless person and a goddamn loser
4: and and, (laughs) and just 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 to put a foot just to put a footnote on that (laughs) i had i i I sat next to paul at dinner a couple years ago and we were talking about the old days and his his characterization of himself was yeah i was a real asshole so (laughs) so anyway sorry to interrupt anyway
2: Anyway, Polly Polly was screaming at all of his friends who walked into the store because we basically lived at this record store about the replacements from the time Sorry Ma Forgot to Take Out the Trash came out. And we're all like, I don't get it. He's like, they're hysterical! What the fuck is the matter with you? And then they came out with Hootenanny, and we were all... Yeah, I still don't get it. Sorry, Pauly. Can we talk about Roxy Music or something? Yeah, right. And then he decided that Roxy Music was worthless because he liked them for a while, but they weren't cool. And then Let It Be came out, and we all went, aha. So that's the album. If anybody who's listening to this hasn't dug into the Replacements catalog, that's the place to start, or Tim, or Please
0: maybe. Great stuff, man.
1: Okay, movie. As
4: you can tell he's put great thought in this.
2: As Jim knows, the movie that I probably see more than Debbie does Ellis? Yeah. Debbie does donuts. Movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jim's Jim's mom was the librarian in our little town and she uh lent me Casablanca, probably a hundred. Oh. It it came to be a a joke between us. That's a classic example of how good a B-movie can be, even with, you know, a few A-list stars. But I think in these times, since we have a little more time to stretch out and watch something absolutely incredible that says amazing things about America and how we think we remember it is The Searchers. By John Ford.
5: Oh uh, yeah. Uh,
2: it, it, it just the it, the cinematography is incredible. You've got you've got uh, you know the Moab desert in Utah, standing in for Texas. We'll forgive that. We have John Wayne being a fairly forgivable racist, and Natalie Wood's character is based on a real girl who was. Abducted by Comanches, Cynthia Parker. Right, Cynthia Parker, and she was eventually recaptured, and she just could not re assimilate into Anglo society. She insisted on sleeping on the floor, and she when
1: she was re, when she was recovered uh, by uh, a posse that was running off of uh, being of a Comanches, and they caught her and she right. had a uh she had a baby i mean she she was she had an infant with her and uh after they after they started trying to uh reintroduce her back into society the baby died and she she handled the grief the way Comanches did she she self-mutilated and she bit herself and she wouldn't eat and uh I actually know quite a lot about that story because I've read a lot about it. And yeah, and, and
2: she and she died when she was 29.
1: Right. She she basically starved herself to death. She just wouldn't eat, and like you said, she wouldn't eat. She wouldn't She wouldn't sleep inside. She yeah. Uh, she never. She was she was never able to to re But yeah. Uh,
2: and this, this guy this guy wrote uh, <clears throat> this guy wrote a great book about that uh glenn frankel is his name and he used to be the dean of the university of texas journalism school um but that's that movie is sort of kind of upending our myths about the west you know
1: yeah it's yeah it's kind of the mythology as opposed but you know so many of those westerns i mean they kind of were that way that's the it's a mythology and an origin story that we wish our origin story was, as opposed to what it really is, where good, guy, it, good guys are easy to spot, bad guys are easy to spot, good guys always win in the end, you know. And, and uh, the searchers, the searchers does kind of do do that very thing, where it's like you just pointed out, though. In in real life, there there wasn't really a happy ending on the story, even though they they got Cynthia Parker back.
2: And uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, uh, so you, 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 you put it as a uh, returned, I would say recaptured.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's a fact. Um, uh, you, you're, yeah, you're a lot more precise and, and accurate there than I was.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. Uh, let's move to, let's move on to Jim, Jim. Uh, I don't know, man. What, what are we doing books. Yeah. Book.
4: Book first. Yeah. Okay. You, so you've read a book, right? I've read I'd like two <laughs> uh right. every every 30 years i try to read a book um <laughs> so i i decided to go i, th- I oh, thought uh, so. In, I another had,
2: year, in another year you will have read three yeah.
4: yeah 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 uh you know i was thinking about doing a themed list like you know we're going to talk later about mt early days of mtv and i thought ooh, maybe a book movie film from 1981 and i decided screw it i'm just going to look at my bookshelf and and see and, and try to get inspired so i'm trying to go with stuff that i think is you know under the radar stuff that maybe not a lot of people know about so i'm doing book first is that right yeah,
1: yeah. well you get whatever you want okay, my, my
4: book my book then because i got inspired by looking at my bookshelf over here is the first novel by uh, an american author named tom parada who has written a bunch of stuff that's been turned into movies and uh, miniseries. Example? He, uh, the Leftovers. is a, It was a miniseries on, or a series on uh, HBO that was terrific. You know, one day, the premise is one day about 1% of the people on the earth disappear. It's like they've been raptured, except there's no rhyme or reason. And it really messes up society. Uh, he wrote a book. So he wrote a book. He wrote a book called Little Children, which was a, an excellent movie. He was nominated for an Oscar for uh, helping write the screenplay to that. But his first first novel is called The Wishbones, and it's about a wedding band. Uh, a, a wedding band? A wedding band. The main character is a 30-year-old 30, 30 guy who plays in a wedding band and lives with his parents. And one of the th- one of the reasons I'm picking this is because it is for people who've been in a band it's pretty dead on about (laughs) what it's like to be in an unsuccessful band. And I, I, I talked about a book last week that was a nonfiction book. This is a fiction book, but it's pretty dead on. And it, you know, people do really stupid things in, in Parada's book books. And, uh, I think that's great. It's funny. It's, he's kind of a satirist. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know the main character does lots of stupid things, and I, you know, it's... I
1: have a question since i would read the book, like realistic, stupid things. And... Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Those two make great books where yeah. you can, you're where watching you... the character wander along, and you're thinking, God damn, that's dumb as hell. I did something almost Ex- just like that. Exactly,
4: <laughs> that's exactly right. You know. Right. I and, uh, when I did that. <laughs> and one of the things I like about the book is that it, it has a superficially happy ending that's really not a happy ending at all. If you, right. if you really
2: I'm, I'm assuming you, that uh, I'm assuming that the leftovers resonated with you because of your deep Christian faith. Exactly, yes. yes. Uh,
4: exactly. But uh, Praise the, Jesus. uh <laughs> he's also got his 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 first book was a collection of short stories called Bad Haircut, which is about being in hot... <laughs> Being in high school in the late 70s, and it's also dead on. And you know, he's like exactly my age, so you know, I, I little, think well, dudes, I
1: was, I, I'm, I'm a little younger than you, but I was in high school in the late 70s, yeah. so yeah,
4: so 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 anyway, so I so I recommend that, and then that dovetails into my movie recommendation because my movie recommendation is uh, uh, a movie called Election, Election. That's directed by Reed Alexander. Yes. Directed by Alexander Payne with Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick and uh, another book where people do really almost inexplicably dumb things, particularly Matthew Broderick. But it is based on a book by Tom Parada. So it was actually optioned for a movie before the book got published. Uh, so it's, you uh, said it's, he's
1: written a lot of TV, a lot of
4: he's done a lot of screen screenwriting it, work. It's right? well, it's he's written a lot of books that have been made into movies. Okay, yeah, uh, and uh, and election I think is terrific. Alexander Payne, speaking of Nebraska, like Buff was, is from Nebraska and isn't an, is a great oh, movie yes. maker.
2: That's right, that's right, that's right. And. I remember- I remember one line early on in that movie: her pussy gets so wet. <laughs> it's
4: it's it's just a it's a terrific movie, and and Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick both did stuff that I wasn't sure they could do, and uh, it's it's a satire as well. It's hilarious and kind of tragic, and it's a terrific movie. It's called Election, Alexander Payne directed. Uh, you know, check it out. Uh, and then. I'm trying to make a connection. Oh, maybe HBO. This is uh my my uh my album is by a guy who was on an HBO series called uh uh, uh the Sopranos. Yeah. And it, it's the it's the first solo album by Steve Van Zandt. Uh, Little Steve Little Steven and the Disciples of Soul. Oh, so, yeah. Men without women is wow. the is, is man, his that first record. A, that was a great
0: album. That was a great college album for me, man. God. You
4: know what? I mean, it's it's you know it's great blue-eyed soul stuff with kind of stacks, volt horns, and you know Stephen's singing voice is an acquired taste, but I like people who sing like that. I mean, got I think passion, Di- man. I think Bob Dylan's a great singer, so yeah, you know, take that I'm, for what it's worth. Right, I'm, I'm
1: with you. I, I don't, yeah, I'm not judging it on its technical, the me, the
4: technical mechanics of how we got a commercial going down here is. on this
0: part of the screen. You see that? Yeah. It's like a beer yeah. commercial,
4: and. uh, <laughs> You know, it's got some great players on it. You know, a bunch of the E Street Band plays on it. But uh, Dino Danelli of the Rascals played drums on a couple of cuts. I interviewed him once and talked to him about playing on this record. It's one of his favorite records he ever played on. Uh, The bass player from the Plasmatics played on it. Oh, my Uh, God. uh, The drummer was Max Weinberg, right? Max Weinberg played on some of the songs, and Dino Danelli from the Rascals played on some of the songs. Uh, You know, and so they had a, a, a variety of folks play on that record. But I just think it's a great record uh it loved it, it since it came record. out in 82 and you know i don't and there were a couple songs from that record actually that ended up on being used on the sopranos but i've always thought of it as kind of under the radar record and i just think it's just tremendous blue-eyed soul with with some crunchy guitar and it's just a, it's just a great record so that's my record for today little stephen disciples of soul men without women I think it's back in print, so I think you can get a hold of it, or it's on your streaming service or whatever.
1: All right, okay. Well, my book, and I'm gonna preface this by uh, I, I was telling you about the first place I rented an Austin in Austin, uh, and basic cable. We got free basic cable, and MTV was part of the package, and that was in uh, spring of of 1984. And I was telling you a little bit about my roommate. I'm gonna get into that. I'm gonna tell part of that again about the two TVs. <laughs> but uh, but the, my roommate worked for uh uh S Austin News Service. You know they deliver paperbacks and and newspapers and and, and all that stuff so all the stores and all, everything all over town. Well, y'all know uh, y'all don't know what a strip is, right? On the books, they with you see a book with a cover missing and and. Uh, I know y'all all know what it is. For anybody listening that doesn't know what it is, if a book gets damaged, a paperback before it's sold, they tear the they tear the cover off and they they send the cover back to the publisher. They and call they them destroy. remainders. Yeah, but my my roommate, I, I bet you there were forty thousand paperback books in that apartment that had no cover on them oh. because he he worked for the he worked for the. uh the service that delivered all of them and and, and stocked all the stores and the airport and every paperback book rack in Travis County. So when there would be a book he wanted, he just tear the cover
2: off. <laughs> And we had, and we, we had like twenty thousand books. And uh, you Billy, know that's what Billy. I gotta interject because that, my childhood would have been vastly different without a cousin of mine and worked at the Walden books at the mall. In Mar- right. yeah. and, and they did the same thing. And my cousin would give me boxes and boxes. Right. Hundreds of books at a time. Yeah. And,
1: and what I read, I read almost everything you brought home. I didn't care what the genre was. I didn't care if it was any good. And, you know, I didn't realize that, uh, I didn't realize that in publishing, you know, that, that there's authors that are kind of like the old Tim Pan Alley song hucksters where they have guys that just write. They, they give them, the publisher gives them some story and go, okay, this is a World War II story, and here's six characters. Write 25 books based on, on these six characters. And there's, and he had these giant series, and, God, they were horrible, man. I mean, it was pulp crap, you know? I mean, a, a 15-year-old could probably write a better book. But it was, you know, it was war stories and it was cowboy stories and it was gangster stories and it was fantasy story and I read and so I don't really have a particular favorite book. But we're talking about MTV today, and the reason I brought this up, that's where uh, I got the book. First, got the uh, Stephen King book, uh, Christine, and and um, I don't remember the name of the album, but that. W- in the the movie that was based on the book the huge hit of uh uh george thurgood's bad to the bone and uh so i was gonna tie all three of mine together out of one book same book same movie same album uh it was (laughs) i would not i can't actually say it's my favorite but in the spring of 84 i listened to that stuff a lot and uh and we had managed to uh we had not, for some reason we were getting HBO. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, not, uh, Nick, no, uh, what's the showtime? No, what? Nah, there was another movie channel. It was Cinemax. A- Cinemax. 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 Yeah, Cinemax. Yeah. Yeah. Cinemax. And it played, you know, HBO played, you know, first run, top, top shelf movies. Cinemax played the kind of crap you saw at the drive-in, you know. And uh, Christine played, uh, like, once a day for, like, six months. <laughs> and and so I'd read the book, and I was watching the movie. And, of course, we had the George Stairgood album that we would sometimes turn the sound on the movie down and just play the George Stairgood album while we watched the picture and did bomb hits. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's those are my three. I can't say they're my favorite. But they were certainly something that I watched a whole lot of in the spring of 1984.
0: That's interesting the way you um, tied it all together. It's also kind of lazy, but no, I'm just kidding.
1: Nobody said anything at all about making any kind of effort. <laughs> Okay. Folks, for everybody yeah, listening,
0: you he talk, said at you the talk, beginning you... of the show, I still haven't picked mine out. I'm going to choose it in the middle of the show. So, you, you've,
2: yeah. Billy, 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 you have taught us well to lower our expectations, from
1: yeah. Hey, man, keeping that, keeping that Barlow—that's what it's all about. Yeah, it really is. All right, we're
0: going to move on to our big topic here. I want to say that uh, for folks listening who may be of the younger generation. And if you're of the younger generation, you're not listening to us anyway. Probably MTV uh, launched in 19, on August 1st, 1981. And I actually, and we're going to talk about 81 to 85. But um, I actually remember the day that they kicked it off. Um, the guy in my band that later became my brother-in-law, Steve Harvey, and i were over at his house waiting he told me about this MTV. and we were sitting waiting for it to premiere at his house and watched it when the first when it first came on yep yeah if you got drink them if you got them billy uh, go. i am i am drinking <laughs> here you go here you go. cold cold beer uh yeah, what so anyway do not drink I think we all already know the f- the first video they ever played, the Buggles. Buggles. Is it the yep. Buggles? Is that what they call that band? The Buggles. Kill video, yep. kill the radio star. How many people know the second video that was played? All of does. The, <laughs> the, does the one with the computer and who else? Is
4: it? <laughs> yeah, uh i've actually got the, a couple three four years ago i can't remember what it was one of the stations i can't remember was it mtv or vh1 or whatever Reran the first hour of mtv oh boy that was like I, I put it on my dvr and watched it with my daughter because just she's into music and i just thought it was yeah, cool it's so like that's like a
1: time capsule
4: <laughs> so it's like a time capsule so that's why i know it's the uh pet benatar's cover of that you better uh, run of the of the Rascals song you better run
0: yeah um it was pretty cool uh, we uh, we liked it so much that my friend tim and i used to sit up on weekends all night long watching mtv <laughs> we cook uh, we cook up a bunch of tacos have tacos and beer and watch it all night long just Hanging on what's gonna play next. And uh um,
1: Yeah, we were we were discussing this earlier.
4: Oh, we've got stories.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: I, yeah, I had to so,
1: I liked this so much I, I gave up I quit the job so I could just sit <laughs> home and watch it. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Well and it was very different end back end then. Of course well, the well, first well, I did want to ask what you guys thought about the VJs, the video jockeys, the first five Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, Alan Hunter, J.J. Jackson, and Martha Quinn. Anybody here have a crush on Martha Quinn, please raise your hand. Okay, that's me. She's still well, I got on I got Twitter hand, and everything. I've been writing to her on Twitter. It's weird. Apparently, apparently, Michael Lewis had a crush on her
2: because he married her, and he's still married to her. I would think wow. so, yeah.
1: Anybody ever see that movie, that uh, B-grade movie she was in? It was like... Biker sluts from hell, or something like
4: that. <laughs> or heard the Mojo Nixon song?
1: Uh, I didn't know about a Mojo Nixon song. And that movie, I saw that movie at the Bevo.
4: Stuffing Martha's muffin? You never heard <laughs> Stuffing <and> Martha's muffin? <laughs> oh
0: yeah! You gotta love Mojo, huh?
4: Yeah. Anyway,
0: I just got yeah. the Mojo Nixon box set to review. It's just a way too much Mojo Nixon. This <laughs> is, but there, there's so many great songs on it. It's was, just great, funny
1: was stuff. It the, was it the Austin Rhythm Rats that had the song about Vanna White? I want to spend the night with Vanna White.
4: I don't know that one. Yeah. I don't either.
1: Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was all about you know her turning the letters, Yeah. Wheel.
0: Well, I thought Martha Kim Quinn was cute, and I thought Nina Blackwood was pretty hot too. So there you go. I didn't yeah, really, but, uh, I didn't really ever we're have a crush on J. Jackson.
1: Mark Goodman. For good hair though for for just Mark Goodman, good hair, yeah. You Ma- liked Mark him. Goodman. Yeah. JJ uh, Jackson
0: was a pretty cool cat and um but you know, uh it was a very different time. Um I know you guys probably remember too, that, I mean they were doing actual I, I remember when they actually played Southern Rock videos too in there and they had a Marshall Tucker concert and they had a Outlaws concert. And all this kind of stuff back in 38
4: the, special was on all the time. Yeah, oh, God, oh yeah. i had forgotten about yeah. that, Jim.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah that, 38 you know,
0: special, and they played videos of uh, Marshall Tucker Band, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of crazy to think about that because it changed so much. After that, I mean, there was a um, got a buttload of notes here that neither I, I, here nor there. I like but, the ti-
1: I like to tie in between the the videos and, and movies that were uh coming out at the time and Jim you said that about thirty eight special and I and and I remember uh that uh that movie Teachers with uh Nick Nolte and uh Judd Hirsch and yeah and uh, Ralph uh the karate kid uh Machio. Yeah Ralph Machio uh first at first movie I'd ever seen uh Kristen Glover and God what a weird dude. <laughs> but uh
0: but with the but
1: with the video the video for the uh the, the song was 38 special song teacher 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 can you teach me and and that was uh that was the time to do the movie yep. and a and a video was playing you know ten times a day on MTV with the m- scenes from the movie cut into the video so hell I just wouldn't saw the movie it wasn't a bad movie but uh, you know I mean you got all you got everything kind of packaged together. You got your music, you got your movie, you got your bubble gum. Remember, bubble? You got your bubbleicious, man. You got, you know, you got
0: the whole thing. <laughs> bubbleicious. Gotta love yeah. your bubbleicious, man. Uh, well, I mean, they played so many, uh, you know, I was looking at the list on Wikipedia of, uh, to remind me of uh, the different bands they played. A lot of 80s bands, but also a lot of hard rock bands. And they had, you know, Twisted Sister and. Van Halen and all that rat but they also had a lot of Adam Ant and, and God knows way too much Duran Duran and
1: uh every time uh, you
0: blinked they were playing them
1: what was the pop what was the pop band with the uh cross-dressing front guy Culture uh, Club Culture Club Boy yeah I, yeah, th- yeah that, I mean I don't man, and y'all remember the '80s for us, especially you know for the metal. I mean, good guy, what all of a sudden metal there were metal bands everywhere. Yeah, were. no, that's uh,
2: that's that's absolutely the thing. I mean, that whole hair metal, glam metal thing never would have happened. That's I what I was gonna. That
1: was the point I was about to make, Pat. That it, it without MTV, man, most of those you Know you wouldn't know Motley Crue, you wouldn't know Quiet Riot, you wouldn't right. know
3: any
0: of those guys. There was a major run on spandex after that, too. But yeah, the
4: but in the early days of MTV, like real early 81, 82, it, it, as far as I can tell, their policy was if you have a video, we'll play it. It was because there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of video content back then, and you know, so uh, you know. Within a couple of years, everyone was doing video because it became such a big thing. But in the early but, days, it was really eclectic because there just wasn't much, that much out there.
2: And right. so, they, and it, they at lots the very of beginning, stuff. at the very beginning, that was what what we can attribute to the second British New Wave, um, because you know, in Europe, they were making videos long before MTV existed. So, sure uh, so
5: what,
1: name some some examples, Pat. Uh, then it works. I'm
2: sure when you they
1: were
0: Australian. I'm well, sure when you start. I'm sure next when you season start start. runners.
4: Well, and, and I remember real early on there were bands like uh Haircut 100. Yeah. Oh god. Talk about, you know, you talk about forgotten stuff. Without their, hats. their their stuff was on. Their stuff was on constantly. Haircut 100 and Culture Club we talked about and and you know, obviously Duran Duran, because they had those really expensive Russell Mulcahy videos. Who's, but I who mean, said,
1: was... who said Drexys Moon "Moonlight Runners"? Somebody said that. damn.
0: damn uh-huh. yeah. come Possibly. on, Eileen. Yeah, I liked that song.
2: I read I've read a, a very entertaining essay about why that is such a wonderful song, and still. No, thank you. <laughs>
1: so, so you've had, you've had it explained to you why it's a great song and why you should like it, but no. <laughs> uh,
2: no. No. It's like somebody explaining the Grateful Dead to me. Right. It's
0: like <laughs> Billy's yeah, you know, thing what? of, uh, that's funny because it was kinda yeah. like that. <laughs> you have to okay, here's why it's
1: funny. I'm gonna tell you why it's funny. <laughs> hey, we're we all you know, talking about some guy that, No, this is why that band is good. <laughs> you goddamn
0: loser. Well, well uh check was, this out. Go. You you know, uh it's like Jim was talking about they were playing pretty much everybody except one thing. Now this is the welcome to the Black Lives Matter part of our program. Uh-huh. The racial mm-hmm. barrier. Uh when they first started Here's the people that were black that they played: Michael Jackson, Prince, Eddie Grant, Donna Summer, Joan Armin Training, Musical Youth, and Herbie Hancock. Okay, that's it. That's musical
4: it. Youth. Musical yeah. Youth. That's As it. That's all they played. Yeah. Lord, yes.
0: That's all they played. They uh, Rick James campaigned for them to play Super Freak, and MTV said, "No, this is a rock music channel, and we're not, not going to play." Funk. Super freak. Ne- She's super freaky out. N- so anyway, was. things opened up after Michael did Billy Jean yeah. uh, in 1983. Yeah. 1984, all of a sudden, they had as many black acts as they did uh, white in the rotation. You get, but you it, took that, it took some that of the push. Black. I remember that what? because I was thinking, what? you know, there's not any... And I remember seeing Dave, my man, David Bowie, on there going, you know, the one thing about MTV is I don't ever see right. any black people on well, there. Well, Michael,
2: as, as you well know, uh, the reason that they uh, they broke that de facto embargo was because they didn't want to play Michael Jackson. And Columbia said, if you don't, we're going to pull all of our artists. Right.
1: You play him or play none of our acts. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, they certainly they certainly turned him into something beyond his door, didn't they?
1: Who yeah. Uh, yeah. Who here besides me would actually make it a point to be in front of the TV when they were going to do a world premiere of a new
0: video? Oh, I was did. I
1: the only was I the only one that did that or did y'all do
0: that? No, too? I did too. Okay, yeah.
2: okay, it's it's not it's not a video, but I made a point of being in front of the television when the members of Kiss unmasked themselves. Oh God, I had that down. <laughs> I,
0: man, I was I was waiting with bated breath, or with some kind of breath. It was probably breath. bad breath, but it was the uh, garlic breath. Yeah, that it's was the. Here. uh <laughs> I was trying to find here. That was uh, nineteen eighty-three. The only thing is, it kind of a little bit of, for me, a little bit of the excitement was lost because by then they had Eric Carr on the drums and they had that guy vinnie vincent who was uh i didn't i never cared for him at all but you know everybody was all my friends were going did you see ace fraley on there i'm like no it wasn't ace fraley it was it Somebody was this, else. Guy. It was this, guy, another this asshole. guy but you know so they did that and then they premiered their first video without makeup that lick it up thing it oh, I was up. yeah lick it up I was Jesus. right there in front of the TV just going, wow. That, that was." That's the really weird thing
2: because they were like smack dab in the middle of the whole glam thing. You know, the New York Dolls, the Stooges, androgynous Lou Reed. And by the time everybody caught up with Kiss, they were like, we're freaking sick of putting on this makeup every night.
0: Yeah, really. The, the and
2: the was, last the last t- the last trick they had to play was to take it off. The,
4: the, and result- then put it back on again. Right, put it on
2: again. Right. Well, let's let's, later, let's but... be honest, let's be honest. They they absolutely sound better with the makeup on. They do. Yeah, no, yeah. you're
0: right. They sound and, better and, and, and it's a and it's actually a great show. I saw those guys play a couple of times without the makeup, especially the revenge tour. And I was thinking, you know, you could go to a bar and see a better kiss band, a kiss cover band. I mean, and, and they had turned into trying to change with the times. It got up there and got to where Paul and them would just cuss their butt off on stage. I was like, you know, there's kids that started following this band years ago. And you're up there talking like nasty and bringing strippers on the stage. And, all yeah, that crap. Like Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, man, that just ain't right. And then, of course, then when they turned around and put the makeup back on, after Gene told me in the interview, "We'll never put our makeup back on," <laughs> uh, unless, <laughs> you know,
4: unless we unless we get paid. We'll unless never put will. our makeup
0: back on. It's like a asking a magician to show you how he did his tricks, you know.
4: Yeah, we're not going to put our makeup back on until someone shows up with an 18-wheeler full of $1,000 bills and right.
0: dumps us on it. Then maybe we'll consider it. And then they had the fair... We talked about that before. They had the farewell tour What well, it ended, in 2000 or yeah. something. I wanna, I wanna it, it just up, never never goes away.
1: Yeah. I want to hit a point uh, Pat made earlier about uh, that, that whole glam metal thing wouldn't have happened without, uh, without MTV. And... Uh, and then, Buff just you now brought up, you know, "Kiss Breaking," the "Lick It Up." I remember thinking when I heard that song, they've sort of turned the corner and gone to riff banging. Before that, I mean, you know, they they had the makeup and all this stuff, but they were basically a boogie woogie band. I mean, you know, most of their stuff was dun 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 dun. dun. It was, it was that, and then it, it, and after that MTV thing, it, it got into that heavy. You know, boom, 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 boom.
3: Yeah, yeah. Kind
1: of, kind of following, you know, uh, sort of following the trend there. You know, uh, that's
2: a that's a really interesting point, Billy, because they were, in a sense, visually ahead of their times, and trend-wise or musically behind at times. Yeah, that was so... that that sort of illuminates something that I wanted to say about the whole the whole medium of the music video, and that is. <clears throat> it's it, it, it's something that never existed really for mass consumption until we had MTV. Right. Now if you're a if you're a film composer you're looking at a film and you're trying to compose music to resonate emotionally with what you see. Right. If, if you're a video director right. you're listening to a piece of music and try to reflect unless try, to vi-
1: try to vi- try to visually reflect what the yeah no
2: I got it man. yeah unless it's a you know a stupid like in studio lip sync R- performance right. you're trying to you're trying to like reflect something and there were some really really great uh film directors who cut their teeth uh making videos but I was thinking about some videos that masterfully reflect uh Reflect the song, just in spirit. Uh And one is Atlantic City, Springsteen. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: It's black and white. Yeah, And, you know, it's, it's
1: and just, that's like a film, man. I mean, that's like a short film. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but that whole album that he did, that Nebraska, that was just such a trend thing. I mean, to record it on a cassette tape and carry it around in his pocket, <laughs> and it was just... The songs were so stripped bare, I didn't know what to think. I was so used to uh, the bombastic sounds of Born to Run and all that. And so I got to Nebraska, and at first I was a little disappointed. And the more I listened to it, I was like, wow, they blew up the Chicken Man in Philly last night, which our sponsor would not want to hear that. Right. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> I got I
2: got I got more bad news for you. They blew up his house too. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah they did. They did. <laughs> yeah, as, uh, Bruce uh, is all the way back to '75. I guess one of my favorite songwriters, and entertainers, and uh, I have friends who just cannot stand him. But yet, I I don't know. I've always just put him to 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 me. He was like a modern day Bob Dylan kind of. And I just love Bob Dylan. Always, had. I
1: really, I really like that. I considered him more a folk singer, even when he was doing the big band stuff with Clarence and yeah. the big horns. And I mean, he's always kind of been an Americana guy. I mean, he it was rock. It was and a great storyteller too. It was, a great storyteller. I mean. it, was, it was rock and roll music, but it was kind of folk songs. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's a. Uh, Hey, uh since we're we're talking about MTV, uh, and this was the thing this happened uh, started happening about eighty four, happened up to about ninety. Any bands any of you guys get turned on to any bands that you probably wouldn't have heard but ever heard of or not heard of enough to pay attention to that you that you saw on one of the MTV segments.
2: Man, oh, oh, well, man. let's 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 narrow it down. that we still the the,
1: the Lemonheads? I I would have never sure. heard of or, or paid any attention to the
4: Lemonheads. I I didn't. That doesn't matter to me if you like the band. Just
0: men at work.
4: Okay. Yeah, I mean, they certainly they certainly were an MTV band. That, that I mean MTV really launched them. You know, and it's weird. I was trying to describe to my daughter what MTV was like. And I, I assume that most of the folks listening to this are in our demographic, so we don't have to explain, but I'm going to anyway, that they played music videos all day and all night. Yeah, they didn't right. have scripted shows. They didn't have reality shows. They didn't have anything Good. they played. And, and on Saturday night, sometimes they, they would do a full live concert. Right. Uh, but it was just music videos 24, literally 24 seven. Yeah. Just one after the other, after the other, it was yeah. radio on the TV.
2: Yep. and all it, day, all night. All I don't remember video. many
4: commercials.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you? You remember a lot of commercials on there? They no? would have
4: some because you, you well, had because it. sometimes you had to do a beer run. Uh, but oh uh, yeah,
0: that's
4: <laughs> right. but yeah. I, I yeah. mean, Pat and I were talking about this, and we were. I mean, we were just transfixed by this stuff. We had some friends that okay. had a trailer house at the, on the outskirts of Marshalltown, Iowa, and we used to sit
2: for hours, all night long. All living night long. Drink. Living the
0: dream. We're living
4: the dream. Budweiser and Domino's and MTV, man.
0: Oh, I have a friend uh,
2: I was talking to <laughs> about this what show. Wait, what we were waiting for, and it was always at 3 a.m., it seems like, in my memory. Oh, my God. What we were waiting for was Cheap Trick
0: doing She's Tight. Oh, <laughs> God, what a great video. Cheap Trick, man. Wow. So I got was- this friend that Billy, Billy's heard him on the radio show before. His nickname is Rebel. And he listens to this podcast and all, and uh, but we were talking about this show and MTV, and he said, you know, family couldn't afford cable, so he well he didn't have MTV, but he had a friend that had it, so he took a v- VCR tape and put it on the maximum six hours or whatever, and recorded it, just let it run over at his friend's house, and he would bring it back home, and watch what? videos yeah. for six hours, and I'm like, yeah, okay, well that's. Pretty- one thing I wanted to throw out there, and y'all can chime in, I'm going to run down just a quick list of people or of, there was videos that I w- would live f- to see, and they might come on at two or three o'clock in the morning, or right. they might come on you know, but just these are just the ones that I found that I could watch over and over again. There was a band called Scandal with Patti Smythe that did a song called "Goodbye to You." Yep. And that, I just thought she was at the wall so... of
1: heartache. Bang,
0: bang. Bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The warrior. Yeah. I that was, that was later on. That yeah, was later on. Of... Goodbye to you was first. Yeah. And it was yeah. just a very upbeat song. And what she was in the me, red man. dress and looking yeah. really cute. Uh a band you, know that I didn't... you know
4: you know who she married.
0: Uh no. No, tell
4: me. <laughs> John McEnroe.
0: Oh well I'll no be damned. Kidding, man. I follow her on uh, social media. I didn't know
4: I don't think well, they're still married.
0: Oh, okay. Probably he just didn't have the balls for it. Uh <laughs> the uh <laughs> s- sorry, sorry about that. Goodbye to you, John. Goodbye. Bye bye, baby. Uh another band that I really consider one of the faceless rock bands, I get make people mad when I say there was bands that were faceless to me. They were like, they were there. REO, Uh, Sticks God. uh yeah, Journey Sticks, all those bands. But Journey had a song called Separate Ways and the video where the music instruments would like disappear and all that oh. crap. And it was such an upbeat song that I just loved it when that came on. Don't don't do not do not I was like, yeah, this is cool. Okay.
4: Pianosaurus. Hey, uh, I just checked myself to make sure that I was right, that Patty Smythe was married to John McEnroe, and I was correct, and I think they're still married. But her first husband was Richard Hell.
0: Oh, uh, from what, television? Uh,
4: he was originally and in Richard television, the and then he let, quit television before the first record came out and started the
0: Voidoids. Yeah. Quit television is went into radio. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, uh, I'll bet another one on your, uh, list is, uh, uh who did Hey Ricky? Hey Mickey. Hey Mickey. That's right,
0: Tony that's Basil right. is on there. Oh, yeah. Basil. Right,
2: yeah. She was,
1: she
0: was actually a professional cheerleader. Yeah. And she also was a choreographer that right, taught, taught right. Janet Jackson.
4: And, and you- she was an easy rider.
0: And she was yeah. an easy rider. Yes, she was.
4: Does anybody
1: here, besides me, remember Pianosaurus? Another band that wouldn't—you never would have what heard was of it? without MTV. Pianosaurus—they—they were like thirty-two of them, man, and they played toy instruments. They—I mean—they—they they played the little plastic guitar. Everything. Are you was sure that was and,
0: a hallucination?
1: No, man. I—I I thought that that first day, but then I saw it a second time. Huh, no, I don't remember that one. Yeah, Pianosaurus, <laughs> and the guys playing—you know—the little—the little wooden plastic piano that yeah hit the ting 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 yeah and now they uh and they had a horn section with the little plastic horn
0: well you know jimmy fallon does that quite often with the roots they play classroom instruments and they'll have like somebody in there like uh adele or something (laughs) backing her up with classroom instruments
3: yeah Uh, write it down the rest
0: of my non-important list I'd already mentioned Dexty's Midnight Runners. I could never get enough of Come On Eileen. Or or never see enough. Hey, hey of Come before on we Eileen.
1: move along, tell tell Pat Wayne all to like that
0: song. <laughs> the reason you should like that is because the reason you Because the guy danced funny. Pete Townsend's Let My Love Open the Door. I love that. Linda Ronstadt, who I had a crush on anyway, but when she did close did get closer with her little red dress with the white polka dots. I was like, okay, I would like to get closer. It's just, I don't know, the video was really cool.
1: But there's a restraining order.
0: There's a restraining order. (laughs) David Bowie, one of my all-time favorites, when he did Ashes to Ashes, the uh, sequel to Space Oddity. I thought that was pretty cool. And another one, Girl, that I just dearly love. Anybody that knows me know I love Kate Bush. And then she finally busted on there with uh, Running Up That Hill mm-hmm. and Love and Anger, both of which David Gilmore played guitar on. And the last one, I promise it's the last one. Uh, one of the first times I ever saw the Traveling Willberries was on MTV. Oh, and yeah. I love, love, love that band and that first album. It had a couple great. of guys in it that were kind of important.
3: Yeah.
2: The interesting oh. thing you're talking about there, Buffalo, is. Uh, how it was once they finally got okay with more black music it was just wide open and by that point uh radio was completely balkanized you had your this station you had your that station right yeah and mtv was everything and then they uh they figured out they could you know carve out some time slots for some niches like 120 minutes and head ball right and like that that's a good uh, point
1: Pat, that that yeah i had forgotten about that but yeah uh radio was in fact i mean specialty station this this station plays just you know bubble gumsy pop and this right station plays you know heavy arena band i mean i yeah. you know not just heavy rock but i mean there were stations that you'd hear the arena bands like you were talking about, but you'd hear Journey, and you'd hear R.A.O. Speedwagon. And then, right. And, uh, and then, you know, and but yeah, MTV was kind of wide open. I mean, you would hear the Lemonheads, and then you would hear Eddie Grant.
0: And we're talking about going through the year 85. I, I, I was looking, I, I was going to mention these other things, and then I saw that they actually happened later. In 1986 is when they did that 120 minutes. Y'all remember that one sure uh, that yeah. was alternative bands and i oh, thought that was i love that, that was
2: the point that was appointment viewing
0: for me yeah it's very cool what a,
1: uh, uh what, a, what bands any bands that uh pat you got or jim that you guys got turned on to that you wouldn't have heard if you hadn't been watching 120 minutes that no, was th- that was the no. thing i was trying to make i
2: mean you know I, i'm everybody moving. everybody i heard on 120 minutes i already knew Pretty much,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, y'all, y'all know where I came from. I mean, there was not, you know, rock and roll music was Journey. That was, yeah. That was, that was it. You know, it was Journey and Foreigner and REO Speedwagon. I didn't realize, man, that there was so much depth and so many different kinds of things I until I moved to Austin. And you know, and even then, I thought most of it was well, it's just local club stuff. And but MTV are like, oh wow, man, there's bands like that making records, <laughs>
4: wow. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think that we were kind of in the same position until we got to college, and it was well, college right, that right. it was, and uh, you know, and and discovering co-op tapes and records, and later Music Works and that sort of thing is that that kind of was our lifeline. And then we would see stuff that we knew start to show up on mtv or, or 120 minutes but but i mean I, I wasn't listening to a whole lot of mainstream rock i mean I, uh, if it, but if it wasn't for mtv i might never have heard brian adams i'm not saying for example that that's a good or bad thing right but uh yeah, yeah but i but mean the, you know cuts like videos- a knife was on that that video with the swimming pool was on all the time and i probably never would have heard that or run to you <laughs> right a lot of that mainstream stuff because it, it sat side by side with all kinds of other stuff in the early days of mtv and that was a uh, point that, pat had made yeah right right that you didn't i mean there wasn't a radio station in existence that was like mtv right in the early days there right. just was but,
2: I, mean, I mean i mean let us let us say before we uh before we say anything else that uh there is nothing more important than remembering "Ah, god damn it
4: what you just Uh, forgot (laughs) right (laughs) there was there
2: was god damn it (laughs) now i was running out of battery i had to go you had to go plug in the single most important thing that mtv ever gave to the world was we built this city on rock and roll oh
4: god
1: hey we, oh, were knee, we were knee-deep in the hoopla. Oh,
3: God.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> and, know, and when Mark I first got, heard that uh, song, Coney, you know, I misheard
1: and it. did play the
0: mamba. Um, I misheard that song for months and thought I had the words wrong. I thought they were singing We Built Fish City.
4: We Built Fish That would have made it that better, maybe. Been, that I
0: don't know. Yeah. It oh. needed to be better. I, I, why, I did just you had, to, why did you do that? I just oh, wanted to smack Grace Slick after that
4: that oh jesus why why (laughs) oh wait he disappeared why Why, man just just why i mean he disappeared and his name is
0: left behind
4: oh god
1: (laughs) oh god we've lost pet or you know what maybe god killed him for that well you know (laughs) (laughs) maybe god smoked
3: it was smoked smoked. it was
1: smoked
4: or Man. possibly he's been raptured, and we've been one <laughs> yeah. of
0: the that's, only one of us that made it after he that's, said GD twice. That's the most, that's the most uh, logical explanation.
1: <laughs> he's been raptured.
0: Well, I was yeah. going to ask uh, you guys, you didn't chime in, if you had any videos on MTV that you liked more than others that you kind of sat there and waited on. I think oh, yeah. You, I think Pat had mentioned Cheap Trick, but. Oh yeah, there
4: were there were a bunch. I mean, we used to. I mean, you know, we used to. After about six or seven hours straight of MTV, when we decided maybe that we should do something more productive, <laughs> yeah. uh, get some more beer, uh, Or a, a pizza or something, make, order make another pizza. <laughs> that we would invoke what we called the bad video rule, and if, and the, the rule was that if a video came on that everyone agreed was bad, we would turn it off and go do something else. And we, you know, and we'd often watch for another hour uh, after the bad video rule was introduced because we could always find something good about a lot of the the videos. You know, bad, like say right. this is this is a this is an awful song, but the visuals are cool, or you know, this is kind of cheesy, but it's got a good hook in the chorus or something like that. So there were a bunch of videos. I mean, you know, I uh, there's a there's a I read a, a online forum called the Steve Hoffman Music Forums. I don't know if you you're familiar with that Uh, but it's a it's a forum that that people talk about music in at a at a usually a pretty high level and they've got a thread going called forgotten tracks that once ruled mtv and it's people just posting videos that were on mtv back in the early years and i'm just kind of scrolling through it and there's just so much stuff and i'm like you know we would watch those videos and we would just it was like we were freaking transfixed yeah. i remember that we, yeah, we talking two.
1: about that i remember that van halen video pretty woman
0: yeah oh and, yeah and,
1: and you know and it was you know hokey and where that that was another band uh well when they had david lee roth as their front guy man the, mtv was tailor-made for what they did i mean you know Hot for were,
0: teacher was a good one too
1: well man all those all those MTV things that they did were great. I mean, they were funny, and they were campy, and it was goofy. I actually, no, I
0: mean, as far as the Van Halen thing, I'll tell you, I was not a huge fan of David Diamond Dave. Uh, but after Sammy Hagar came in, and I went to see them in Charlotte, I became a huge fan of <coughs> Van Halen, or Van Hagar. Van Hagar. Van Hagar. And, I mean, I just thought the energy was through the freaking roof. Uh, Sammy was just, golly, he, he couldn't stand still for half a second. I mean, I know oh, Roth like was Diamond, great Diamond, entertainer Diamond, and kind of humorous. David was kind of like a, I don't know. Man, he was like
1: a Vegas guy. Yeah, he
0: was very Vegas. Very, <laughs> very <laughs> Vegas. Mm-hmm. And Sammy took it, you know, they made all the top 40, just one after another, after another. And some of them. At the time I liked him. I don't think I'd listen to him now.
1: me, either, but I outgrew that kind of stuff
0: but at that time, I was turning that crap up uh when well, they put out titles like uh OU eight one oh. two and uh <laughs> yeah for
1: unlawful carnal knowledge. yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, all that you know stuff like that it was cool stuff I mean I back then, we all grow and change, I guess you know. And now I go, mm-hmm. it seems like musically I go back more further back to the 60s. Oh, there he is.
1: Yeah, he had to probably plug in. I don't know how long he's been out there waiting. I just happened to glance up and see.
0: He's, he's adjusting back. his camera, so I think he's just getting back. Sorry about that. You oh, you out. had him waiting to let him in because you're the well, master. I didn't
1: do that on purpose. I just forget to look at that damn thing.
0: Oh. Yeah, I understand. You know, but, um, it's hard to it's hard to uh, be in charge.
1: I, 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 yeah, I'm not in charge of anything. Stop saying that.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in charge of the room.
1: What about the? Uh, this was something I remember from like '83, maybe. All the television shows on network TV are basic cable, besides the that were not remember you still had to pay uh, mtv was a premium channel then you had to pay extra for it oh yeah and uh remember all the shows like on uh tbs out of atlanta night flight not, uh, friday oh, yeah. and saturday play they played that yeah so if you didn't have the mtv you still kind of got the mtv experience
4: and night flight did every once in a while they do some real obscure weird stuff as well. oh yeah i
0: love that show yeah, yeah, it was they, great. Right. They would do, uh,
1: it was funny, I, I saw stuff on there that I wouldn't have seen on MTV that was like old blocks of concert footage, you know, yeah. just film mm-hmm. like uh, like weird-ass encores of like the Moody Blues or something from 1968.
0: I think like, it was that show that had this one episode that blew my mind that introduced me to a lot of people. I already like Todd Rundgren, but he was on that show. And they had Maria McKee on there from *Run right. Justice. And they were doing, um, I'm trying to think of who else is on there. Uh, David Sanborn was playing sax. Wow. And they had done yeah. a, they did a uh, scene from HMS Pinafore where they were acting and Todd Rundgren was singing um, that I, I song about being the $3 captain. I dollars
1: of, to see that.
0: It was brilliant. It was brilliant. It's like like, uh, and Todd did... Um, Couple of songs with just a you know a computer and a keyboard and,
1: and a stuffed parrot. You
0: <laughs> know the time back when I saw him in the uh, '70s, when he put out A Wizard of True Star, and we went to see him, and I was surprised he had no band. He had a huge reel-to-reel machine and had all the tracks recorded, and was yeah. playing along with it, but had the peacocks over his eyes and multicolored yeah. hair and yeah. everything. But I just what the that hell? guy, that I swear to God, his voice what? and his songwriting is just out of love. Always have.
1: I think Jim's having problems. technical problem.
2: I, I Sorry about that. I don't know what the hell that I, I, was. I
0: apologize for <laughs> my technical problems.
2: But that's thats a really interesting point, Michael, because you're getting back to uh, shows that I'm just a little bit too young to remember. I remember Quit seeing a... Seeing a <laughs> Seeing Neil Sedaka on the midnight special singing oh. uh, "Calendar Girl" or some shit, but uh, bitch is back. I don't think. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think we can have a discussion about music on television without talking about Saturday Night Live. Ah,
1: oh, man, good point.
2: Uh,
0: Future, episode. No. Future episode. Future. Episode. Yeah, I was
1: thinking. Of saying, we're pretty much out of time. We're over. We're over an hour. So, uh, all right. But, uh, all right. But, I think but, we should
0: do more music on television with Saturday Night Live, in concert, midnight special, all that kind of stuff. I think we should great. do
1: anything that's not southern rock for a while because god damn we did a lot of that in the last
0: five well, years. Well I tell you what, I'm uh <laughs> I, I I yeah, I'm kind of I'm, a little over it myself. Um, I,
1: mean, and I understand I understand that it's that it's kind of the niche, but Jesus God
0: Well speaking of that, I did want to throw this out there. Just uh, just throw it out there. Throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. Let me see. Or
1: goes through the sheetrock.
0: Or goes through <laughs> the sheetrock. Uh, let me find it on my notes here. Golly, hurry up, Michael. Find it. First of all, I just want to say Happy Father's Day to everybody, everybody that's a father. Um, thank you. And thank uh, you. including myself. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, the... Uh, um, Okay, yeah, I just got a news item this morning. Those of you who know me know that I was on a campaign for years to build a Southern Rock Museum and Hall of Fame. And I just couldn't (laughs) get people interested. Everybody's like, you know, the money people were like. We've we've, we've talked about it's Yeah, it's it's dead (laughs) in the water. Okay, I hear today that they're opening one in Jacksonville, Florida. Really? Yeah, they have a beautiful building that was the old casket factory, and they've got
1: the board of directors.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's perfect right there for Southern Mm -hmm. Rock. But then again, Muscle Shoals Sound is a a casket factory too. Uh, But uh, yeah, I got that news item today. It's very interesting. They had a picture of the building, and uh, it's going to be mostly Jacksonville music though. And you know, which not just southern rock, but all the other music you know so many things came out of there like Pat Boone and uh I don't know, just tons and tons of stuff there's books there's books uh, about Jacksonville music that encompass you know tons and tons r and b all kinds of stuff, so it's not just southern rock, but anyway there that is Um, cool. I found it kinda of interesting uh I'm going to uh i'm going to uh s- yeah, what am I going to do? I'm going to say You're gonna
1: thank tell you. Us about I'm going to
0: say thank you to Billy Tap Dancing Eli, Jim, um, the I man, tap, hill Hill, and Patrick, where am I today, Beach? Uh, the uh, <laughs> These guys, I swear, I'm so happy to have all those guys joining us. It's really cool. It's and, something uh, we're gonna, the show. We'll see what happens next week. And we'll see if we can drag them back. We'll, you know, we'll come up with something to talk about. If it's nothing well, it's except. cool. It's
1: not like they can go do anything.
0: Else. Yeah, they're kind of held captive. Well, yeah, I don't know. True. I true bet enough. you anything both of them have got work piled up. I certainly do.
1: No, Pat, I do. Be, beach. you no, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know. I
1: mean, Jim Jim probably does. Pat, I do. I do. We well, you know, Pat's
0: Patrick's a man kind of, of leisure. Anybody with the, the name it. Beach has got to be a man of leisure.
1: Well, man, his, <laughs> desk, his desk has got the same work on it mine has. And by when I say work, I mean 14 empty beer cans.
0: <laughs> it <laughs> does take a lot of work. Um, okay, I'm going to say this, and then we'll say goodbye to everybody. But uh, what y'all are going to hear in just a minute is a song. Um, I talked about it last week when I was in Nebraska uh, years ago, year 2001 I recorded an album up there Midwest Carolina Blues had a lot of rockabilly and blues stars playing on it I was very fortunate to have them all playing on it but the drummer was a guy named Dave Robel and he's got a band or had a band then and they're still together called Hook. yeah, what an attractive name They did one album called When a Boy Scout Gets the Blues. And I was talking about it last week, and then Mike Simrod Jr. wrote to me and told me uh, he would send me the music if I wanted. Because I told him I had wanted to play that song, but I didn't have it. I used to have it. I don't know what happened to it over the years. But now I've got it digital and I've got DLP. So, hey, lucky me. And if you like it and you want to get it, go to SOWERrecords.com, dot com s o w e r records dot com it's the only place it's so records sower it's sower and that's something that happens if you fall off your chair you get sower okay anyway <laughs> so i'm SOWER, i don't know hey are you sower i'm sower sower records and um, it's a great it's a great thing. Thanks again, guys, and we'll rock out and we'll talk to y'all next time. We'll see
1: everybody soon, man.
0: Thanks and for good y'all. joining us. Y'all be Happy, good. Father's day, right. blah, Happy Father's, blah, blah, Father's right. Day. Happy Father's Day. up another episode of the kudzu radio hour thank you for tuning in folks and if you would do me a favor pass the word along uh, any way you can through social media etc that the kudzu radio hour is alive and well and back on its feet again Um, went away for a long time but we're really happy to be back on and we're on a new platform and we've got better sound and better control and uh, working on getting some guests on and all kinds of stuff. So uh, lots to look forward to. In the meantime, please take care of yourself. Uh, Practice social distancing, practice whatever you got to practice to take care of yourself and your family, because that's what matters. Take care, and we will see you here next week. Keep it real, folks. Keep it southern.